G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Ashley Saunders is about to hop on a plane from Perth Airport bound for Adelaide, but he's been in Perth last night for the first leg of a national tour with a special guest. Her name is Andrea Williams, a top UK religious rights barrister, a dynamic and articulate inspiring speaker and Ashley Saunders welcome back to 2020. Uh, good morning Neil it's good to be with you. Uh, you were there in Perth last night is the start of the national tour for Andrea Williams uh, how was the night what actually happened? Uh, we had a, a dinner uh, which was attended by uh, a, a large number of people and um, uh, Andrea was able to address the dinner, in a sense speak prophetically into our nation by indicating some of the things that have been happening in Britain. Um, And Britain, in terms of a whole range of social policy issues, is further down the road than Australia is. And so there's a sense in which uh, Andrea's message, speaking to Australians, is to say, this is what's been happening in our country, this is where we're at, these are all the ways in which the social changes have impacted upon the ability of people to live out their faith in public. These are some of the cases that we're, we're looking after for a teacher or a nurse or a doctor or somebody else who was dismissed or something else happened because they refused to comply with the new uh, liberal agenda. Uh, and be warned, uh, these are inevitable consequences and if Australia doesn't take a stand now, you will find it happening in your country too. Uh, So Andrea Williams is at the helm of what's known as the Christian Legal Centre and no stranger to growing hostility against followers of Jesus. When you say uh, the UK is a little further down the track, what that means is the hostility against Christian believers is greater there than it is at present and we could head off some of those things uh, if there are right decisions made now. Yes, and certainly uh, we need to know in Australia that uh, any suggestion of changing the definition of marriage is not just about making some changes to some words, that it changes fundamentally the nature of family, it changes fundamentally the rights of children, it changes fundamentally uh, society. And uh, and so what will happen uh, is that we would find increasingly that uh, Christians would be under pressure to conform because this is a new intolerant agenda. Yep, they call themselves tolerant, but it is a new intolerant agenda that basically says you will conform to our way of thinking or there are consequences. And uh, and that's certainly what's happening in Britain. Now, Andrea Williams frequently appears on the BBC and other British media, and she gives 
a courageous Christian commentary about things that are unfolding and she's represented some high-profile Christian freedom cases in Europe. Uh, she comes with great experience and, as you say, comes with a prophetic word for the Australian church. Uh, is that prophetic word something of a warning? Uh, how does, the, how does the, that sort of thing come, come across when she's speaking? Is it a warning or is it an inspiration? How do you, how do you look at these things, Ashley? In a sense, Neil, it's both. Uh, there is a warning, uh, there is um, words of caution, but I've got to tell you that I, I was very, very impressed that um, above all of that, Andrea also communicates something of the hope of the good news of Jesus Christ, because it, it, that, that is the answer. Uh, the answer is, uh, is found in Jesus. And so Andrea's message is not a message of gloom and doom, it's a message of caution, it's a message of warning, but it's also a message of hope. Now, so far as the national tour itinerary goes, last night you were in Perth. You're on a plane today in Adel- to Adelaide. Is, uh, is there a dinner on in Adelaide tonight? Uh, no, that will be... We've got a series of meetings uh, today, uh, this afternoon and t- tomorrow in Adelaide. Then there's a dinner on Saturday night. We then fly to Brisbane where there's... Um, um, meetings on um, on Monday morning and Monday night in Brisbane and uh, I must confess um, where we go after that I'm not quite sure but I know that we go to Melbourne, Hobart and Sydney as well. Okay yeah, as far as uh, my bit of detail here that I've got in front of me next Tuesday at the 1330 Church Scoresby in Melbourne uh, you mentioned uh, the Hobart gathering I don't have that detail but next Friday the 28th the Wesley Conference Centre in Sydney, and then the, even to Wollongong on the 29th of July, and details, no doubt, on the Family Voice website, fava.org.au, to get some details there. And and I might just preview that Andrea Williams is going to be our guest on 2020 on Monday. So uh, certainly looking forward to that opportunity to hear her heartbeat as to what's been going on in the UK. And as you say, Ashley Saunders, something of a prophetic warning and also inspiration about what may be ahead in Australia if things change so far as the law and especially when it comes to the marriage issue. While we're on this marriage issue, Ashley Saunders, uh, what has come to light is the possibility of that postal plebiscite uh, being enacted uh, this year. Uh, in fact, it could be sometime soon. There was a successful motion on the issue at the Queensland LNP convention on Friday. It's hit the news yesterday. Uh, your thoughts, Ashley Saunders, on the likelihood or the possibility of that postal plebiscite? There, there are certainly probably three views within uh, the government ranks um, uh, in Canberra. Uh, one, one view would be that, um, as espoused uh, last week, uh, that uh, the government really needs to remove this as an issue and therefore uh, agree to a private member's bill to change the law and for all members to have a conscience vote. That's one view within the government ranks. The second view within the government ranks is that it's very important for the, um, uh, for, for the government parties to hold the line and to stick to the idea of having a, a public compulsory plebiscite before any change is made. And the third view uh, is somewhere in the middle that says uh, if we can't get legislation through for a compulsory public plebiscite, um, let's do a postal plebiscite for which we don't need um, legislation, which is not uh, compulsory and is not binding. Um, it seems to me that 
this is an attempt to try and um, resolve a political issue and whether or not it actually works in any public policy sense, I think, is unknown. If, for example, uh, there was to be a postal plebiscite and those who participated in that were something in the order of 50, 60, 70 percent of the Australian people, then the very fact that we in Australia have compulsory voting and we're expecting the vast majority, almost everybody, to be involved, the result of a postal plebiscite that only has limited involvement could be disregarded by anybody who doesn't favour its results. So that's my personal concern, that if a postal plebiscite was to say, um, yes, let's, uh, let's change the definition, uh, I think those who are against changing the definition could rightly say, just a minute, this is not really the, the, the say of all Australians. This is only the view of those Australians who feel strongly about it. And I think equally, if it had the opposite result, um, those who want change would want to disregard the result as well. Uh, of course, on top of all of that, you've got some um, members in the government ranks. Uh, I, I think Warren Inch was quoted uh, yesterday or the day before as simply saying, we've just got to get on, we've got to get over this plebiscite, we've just got to do the job. And so there certainly are those three views in the government ranks. And I think that um, the postal plebiscite, whilst attempting to be a middle course, um, does have some dangers um, and uh, could be disregarded by anybody who didn't like the result of it. So I'll, I'll tick the box, cautious response from Ashley Saunders, uh, because I imagine in what you're saying there uh, that you would favour a full uh, plebiscite where everyone goes to the ballot box and makes their mark there. Uh, that's the ideal that you're favouring. Yes, that's right. And uh, this, is, this is not just a matter of changing words in a piece of legislation. This is a significant change to the nature of marriage. This is a significant change that impacts families. This is a significant change to the whole of society. And where it has happened everywhere else, it shows that there are ramifications for individuals' freedom of conscience, freedom of religion and freedom of belief. And so this is a significant matter. This is not just a matter of changing some words. And I would urge strong caution uh, that we should not do that um, unless the overwhelming um, number of Australians supported it. I would personally still have a concern. Uh, I, I have very real concerns about any attempt to change, but I strongly take the view that there should be no change uh, before and without um, there being the participation of all Australians having their say. I know that when the Labor Party was responding to the idea of a full plebiscite, uh, one of the things that they were calling for earlier is that the vote of a plebiscite would be binding on the Parliament. Is there a possibility that even with a postal plebiscite, there may be that sort of manoeuvring and expectation that whatever happens with the result of the plebiscite would be binding on the Parliament? Uh, any thoughts on that uh, partic particular scenario? The, the only, the only uh, votes of Australians that are binding uh, on Parliament are the votes in terms of voting for members of Parliament or referendum 
uh, uh, questions. Uh, anything that's neither of those is not binding. That's just the reality. Uh, it's probably worth saying that over here in Perth, there is an eminent law professor who takes the view that um, that changing the Marriage Act to include same-sex marriage or marriage regardless of gender uh, is unconstitutional. Um, and uh, he takes the view that we really should not be changing the definition of marriage in the Marriage Act without a constitutional referendum. Now, uh, it's worth saying that that is one view. There are others, even Christian people, who disagree with him. Uh, but at least one eminent constitutional law professor takes the view that we cannot make the change uh, without a binding referendum. All right. Certainly lots more discussion to be had about what is happening, what, he, what is happening by way of manoeuvring towards that. Uh, even the idea of the uh, postal plebiscite as a countermeasure to the West Australian Senator Dean Smith and his recent push for a free vote on same-sex marriage and the preparation of a private member's bill there. And that's all still yet to unfold, uh, but certainly more to talk about as the time goes on. One other quick issue to get your thoughts on, Ashley Saunders, before I let you go, your thoughts on the need for the new Home Affairs Department. Uh, you'll be following that in the news and I'm just wondering whether uh, you have any thoughts uh, for or against or what sort of caution there ought to be with the formation of a new uh, super department like this called a Home Affairs Department for Australia. Uh, Again, I guess uh, uh, cautious would be the word that I would ascribe uh, to the news about that uh, proposal that's coming out this week. Uh, Australians are generally suspicious of any attempt to centralise power uh, or to have power concentrated too much in one area. And so Australians, as a general, um, I guess, characteristic, would be uh, cautious, if not suspicious, of, the, uh, of getting all of those different agencies into one super agency uh, or having all of those uh, departments under the, uh, under the responsibility of one minister. Uh, and, and so certainly the idea of centralising too much power or concentrating too much power I think has some inherent risks. At the same time, we need to recognise that, um, that there are a range of uh, government activities um, that do fit that one description. And so I guess uh, the one word answer would be cautious um, and um, let's see more detail uh, to see whether or not it, that, that caution uh, goes one way or the other. I guess what you're saying is it's all very well to put in place new powers because of a rising threat of extremism and terrorism, but that same power in the wrong hands it could be used illegitimately against uh, against uh, uh, groups, and I'm even thinking of, uh, you know, potentially uh, things can swing on pendulums, even be used against a Christian community in the times to come. Is that a, a fair enough thing when you talk about caution here and caution there? Uh, because when, uh, when you've got... Ex- ex- uh, uh, the extending of powers, when they're in the wrong hands, uh, they actually present a threat. And sometimes it's a question of how many um, liberties do I surrender in the name of protecting my liberty? Uh, how many rights do I give up or compromise in the cause of protecting my rights? And so what you say is, is spot on, Neil, uh, that it can, it, it can be an excess 
and we need to make sure that what is being done is, is for good public policy reasons uh, and that there is good pol public policy outcomes rather than what the politicians would call unintended consequences. Uh, we need just to be careful about those things. Well, Ashley Saunders, uh, so good getting your insights as always and all the best for the tour as it continues with Andrea Williams. Uh, we mentioned some dates a little earlier, you might like to check out dates to see Andrea Williams if you're in capital cities and some of the regional cities around Australia, fava.org.au, to keep up to date with that. Ashley Saunders, National Director, Family Voice Australia, thanks so much for being with us and sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. It's been a pleasure. Good morning to you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.